It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 26th of April. Oh, crap. I woke up, and it's still true. Russell Westbrook went bananas, and somehow we lost a 25-point lead. What happened? How significant? What does it mean for the rest of the series? And a Facebook Live questions all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, and a look inside the numbers and a look behind the curtains. Uh, wow. Uh, I did, I'll admit, I, I, I kind of, by the time I got off the plane last night and got home at 3 o'clock, uh, I felt all right about things. Like, all right, we're okay. Ron Boone's always my, like, oh, Ron, we okay? He says, yeah, we're okay. Uh, I woke up this morning like, oh, my gosh, that really just happened. And uh, I don't feel as good right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that's bad. Uh, that's, that's incredible. And that's bad. So, first off, I just think you got to tip your hat to the absolutely unrelenting, indefatigable performance by Russell Westbrook. I mean, that we knew when you started this series that the issue at hand was they had this star power that could single-handedly win games. And then we had this system and this defense that you hoped would be able to overcome that. And so far in five games, that has happened three out of five. And in two games, the star is overwhelmed. Now, really what's actually happened is the system is overwhelmed in three and a half, and the stars have overwhelmed in one and a half, but the overwhelming star last night was so incredible, so absolutely incredible, that in a half of game, in 20 minutes of a game, he outscored the Jazz by himself. So, I mean, that was Russell doing what maybe LeBron and maybe Michael could do in the history of this game, but probably not anyone else. And that's pretty awe-inspiring. And we're on the wrong side of it, which sucks. But that's pretty awesome. And, you know, he hits those two pull-up threes, and he hadn't done anything in the series, three-point shooting-wise, until that moment. And then it just, you knew it was on. Rudy had picked up his fourth foul, so that wasn't there to stop him. I had done the research earlier in the day on... You know, when he went to the basket, if Rudy's there, and next thing you know, Russell was rolling. And and Favors picks up a foul, and then Udo's in. But the fact is, on the Jazz, the, when the, the Jazz brilliance since Rudy's returned has obviously been Rudy. But it also has been... That when Rudy's been off the floor, the defense was still elite. That the defense, when the defense was off the floor, we were still elite. And that didn't happen. When Rudy got that foul, the defense started to crumble, and we, we couldn't protect the rim, and Russell got going, and then Russell just got going. You, know, you look at Russell Westbrook's shot chart, from the 739 mark or whatever it is of the third quarter or thereabouts. And 
you know, a guy who's been missing mid-range shots all series finally rectifies that, goes four of eight, and goes four of six from three. Frankly, he'd been unusually bad, so maybe that explains it. And Paul George in that same time period is really the one who lived at the rim more than Russell. Paul George had five field goals in the restricted area in that time period. He went five of eight deep, deep into the paint. Now, the Jazz are shading him to his right because he shoots the nasty jumper going to his left. And when Rudy's in the fl- on the floor, he doesn't go to the basket. And so then that defense is really good. But the minute Rudy was off the floor, then Paul George driving to his right is now Paul George going to the basket. The other thing that happened in this time period is that the Thunder went to a switching defense and the Jazz just couldn't make a shot. The Jazz three-point shooting from the 737 mark to the end of the game, they hit one three on 15, maybe 16 attempts. One. So there was a confluence of, you know, two things on the extremes that led to this incredible comeback. 25-point lead gone. Uh, obviously Rudy's foul trouble is a lot of it, and that's a, that fourth foul is a bad call. Um, but as I said, you know, one thing that was the signature of this team up to that point this year has been the ability to handle that, not the foul trouble, but been really good when Rudy's off the floor. And the other thing that I, to the Thunder's credit is that they never blinked. There were plays in this stretch that the Jazz made that I thought were going to stop the runs. And frankly, even when it was close with like five minutes left, I thought we were going to win. I thought they'd run out of gas. I thought there was just no way it could continue, and they just rolled. You know, the Jazz comment after the game, too, is we had no idea we were on the wrong side of a 19-0 run. They felt this one. Right? They, they were flustered. But the switching defense that the Thunder threw out there suddenly made the Jazz not capable of getting the looks they were getting earlier in the game and earlier in the series. There was a fundamental defensive change by the Thunder that the Jazz didn't deal with. The Jazz got out of their stuff, got a little overly interested in trying to find certain matchups. With Carmelo off the floor, the matchups, Alex Abrinas, he did a pretty nice job. And in turn, the ball movement aspect of the Jazz went away. Now, that started earlier in the game, if we really look at it. The pick and roll, Ricky Rubio on the pick and roll, was a force in games three and four. The Jazz were averaging about 1.2 points off those pick and rolls. Last night, the Thunder adjusted. And Rubio's pick-and-roll was .5 points per pick-and-roll. That's brutal. So that's a huge item that the Jazz need to discover again is what they're going to do to get that pick-and-roll going. There, There are serious items in the midst of this 
that the Thunder implemented that have lasting impact into this series. I think that's, you know, I, I, I got it. We're all complaining about the singular foul call. I think it's a terrible call. It adds to the narrative when the fact that it's Kane Fitzgerald, who I, ever since he screwed us in a game in Oklahoma City, ironically, when he was a rookie and just gagged on a call, have highlighted as being awful, and then other people have jumped aboard, made the call. Um, and he's the one who blew the Royce O'Neal call to. And, you know, you can decide you want to believe that Kane Fitzgerald is, you know, out here to get the Jazz, and you're welcome to do that. And had we hit two or three of the 15 three-point attempts, we wouldn't be talking about it. Right? I mean, the Jazz all season long have had an above-the-break three-point weakness. We, we, when... We've talked about this all year. Game one of the series, the Jazz hit 9 of 22 on above-the-break threes. Since then, which has been kind of the story all year long, on the the above-the-break three, this is not a shot. We don't have these natural shooters. Jarebko's not a good above-the-break shooter. Crowder's not an above-the-break good break shooter. Donovan Mitchell's not a good above-the-break shooter. Royce O'Neal's not. We're 29% from three in the last four games on above-the-break threes in the series. That, you know, you the fact we're, we've gotten 11 three-point attempts, corner threes last night and 13 the time before is is nice. We did not get the Thunder's defensive changes last night. We did not get into the rim. In the previous games, we'd taken 36, 35, 26, 36, Shots at the rim. We took 23 shots at the rim last night. So, a little bit on the one foul call. My comment to that is, okay, you're right. Now let's address the 11 other things that took place that led to one of the largest, third largest comeback in, in NBA playoff history. And being on the wrong side of that's not good. And disconcerting to what it means for the rest of the series. Uh, Because, on the simplest sense, who's to say Paul George doesn't have a game again? And that's the concern when playing the Thunder. And I said it before the game when talking to TJ Ford, former NBA player. They're not beating us unless one of their guys goes off for 40. Well, he did. And the scary thing is that another one of their guys can go off for 40 again. Okay? That's the concern. Today's show is brought to you by The Advocates. Matt over at The Advocates has done a, a really nice job building uh, his firm over the last 25 years. Injury uh, attorney there to help people, as he says. It took him a little while to kind of get over the concept that when he goes to parties and stuff, he's out at events and, well, what do you do? But he says, wait a second. His wife is like, you're helping people. And what he's done is he's built an incredibly efficient system over at The Advocates. You get in an accident, there's issues you got to deal with, whether it's insurance or medical or something else. You call the advocates, the 801-355-5550. An attorney will call you within 60 seconds. After the attorney has talked to you, he understands what your needs are. He puts you in the case, puts some monikers on it, puts some notes on it. And it goes into the advocates' 106-step system. They've built it over 25 years with experts along the way in each and every step helping you out. Then... 
As they go through the airplane checklist, they're still checking with you out the whole time. And what you find out is that on car accidents, only 3% go to arbitration, 1% go to trial. So while every accident is different, the process is the same. And they have the process and the efficiency to get it done. Utah Advocates, 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. Today's show is also brought to you by Mazuma. If you have one to five employees and you're not using Mazuma, you're losing money and clarity. What is Mazuma? Mazuma is a chance for you as an individual or a very small company to not have to pay a full-time bookkeeper and a full-time CPA and suddenly whack your, your own uh, profit line completely out of, out of line. So Mazuma, for $75 a month, you get a bookkeeping, you get reports, you get unlimited consultation from a CPA, and they take care of all your personal and business tax returns. Here's You call... Uh, they set you up, you get on the line, and you have a CPA and a bookkeeper. So there's three of you on the line. They give you your first set of reports after that you've given them the information they need. They'll have a tax planning discussion with you every quarter, and every month you get a report. And at the end of the year, everything's ready for taxes. MizumaUSA.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 25% off. There's no contract, cancellation at any time, and no hidden fees. 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. All right, what are the real concerns here? And then we'll get to your questions in segment three. Um. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. The Westbrook... Adams pick and roll. It's interesting, not to sound like I think I know everything, but all the things that I said for like the last three days that I was concerned about, they finally did. So the Westbrook Adams pick and roll suddenly got traction. They ran 39 points, 39 times, and they averaged one point per pick and roll. And late in the game, they were obviously even better than that. Contrast that to the previous game, they were at .67 points per pick and roll. So as they have gotten used to Rudy, or Rudy was not in the game, whichever it is, over some time, they've begun to get better at that. Um, but they that was the Adams-Westbrook pick and roll, because largely Westbrook was missing every shot, was, was not working for them. The Paul George-Steven Adams pick and roll, was not working for them either. Paul George was stepping back and hitting some threes and doing some things, um, but still, that was at .6 points per possession. Last night was at 1.3 points per possession. 
Okay, is this just that they made the shots, or did they figure out something in their pick-and-roll game? I mean, they suddenly ran 92 picks last night, which is a lot more than they've been running throughout the series. And so I think they have discovered uh, they ran 68 picks in the previous game. They ran 90 last night. That's a pretty big change to who they are. And it's really a change that I thought was abundantly obvious. The night before they ran 70, in game three they ran 73. So that's a huge, huge change to what the Thunder are doing. And now you've got to figure out how you're going to stop it. And that's where they've been. They were 73 picks the night before that. The Westbrook-Adams pick and roll had a little bit of credence early in game two, but they only ran it 12 times. And that's where I started talking about, you've got to run, they got to run this thing more. And they ran 39 times last night. So that's the first really big concern to me, is that that middle pick and roll with Westbrook and Adams is going to get Westbrook shots. Now, they're not playing Carmelo. The other guys on the floor are Grant, who's a bad three-point shooter, Abrinas, who's a good three-point shooter, probably, and then Paul George. You can maybe come off Grant and add a fourth guy into the mix a little bit, or a third guy into the mix, and, and leave Grant and try to clog that up a little bit. Now, you're probably doing that with Derek Favors or Jay Crowder. So that's an option. And we'll have to watch some of the replay on that. The good news, though it's not as big a good news, the Jazz shot quality was still better than the Thunders. The Thunders shot quality was at 53, or 50% effective field goal percentage, and the Jazz was at 53. So the Jazz still getting better looks on the most part, and that'll carry you through most games. Continue good news is that's only the third game all year the Thunder have won when they didn't offensive rebound against the playoff team. So the Jazz have continued to do a nice job of getting rid of the Thunder's pick and roll, excuse me, this offensive rebounding game, which is so vital to their offense. They did allow them to get back in the fast break game. So that... It's considerably different. The Thunder went back to 14% of their possessions were fast break points last night. In, in Now, this might be worth noting. In the home games this series, the Thunder at 19% and 16% on fast breaks and 14% last night. In the road games, they were at 13 and 11. So there might be something in which, you know, being, at home, being on the road, they're, they're not going to run as well. Um, but they simplified what they're doing. They ran a tremendous amount of just basic pick and roll. They got early in the offense. Their shot clock distribution was way better for them than it has been uh, throughout the series. And they got rolling, and their stars were great. Absolutely great. My other concern that is probably my biggest concern, I talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, they're bigger and stronger in most positions, which means this every other day thing I think is a huge advantage to them. 
and I, I I'm con- and I think we could be tired. We could be physically worn out, and they don't seem to do that. <laughs> um, so that jumps out to me as a concern as well. Uh, the the last one before we get to your questions is the win would have been mammoth. Now, beating Oklahoma City four times in a row seems like an outlandish idea until you're up 25 in the third quarter, and then it feels like you're about to do it. It would have given Quinn Snyder turnaround time to get ready for Houston. If the Jazz can prevail on Friday night, we're on a plane midday Saturday to Houston with a morning game. Now, Alex Jensen is probably working feverishly right now. That's his scout in the Houston Rockets. And so he has a plan ready. That's his job right now. He's, he's going to have the plan ready. And he's going to, you know, if we win Friday night, he hands it to Quinn as he leaves the building. And they probably have an all-night session at the practice facility and then bring the players in at 11 o'clock or, 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 one, but that, or noon. But that's, that's a tough turn for the players also to a chain to a very different team. The irony is the Thunder's latest adjustment is the middle pick and roll, which is what the Rockets would run into the whole time, which at times has been, you know, the toughest thing for us to guard. So that will be awfully interesting. Uh, I have not rewatched the game. I will do that today, and then I'll have more details for you for tomorrow's show. Uh, let's get to your questions. Uh, today's show wants to remind you to stop. Oh, no. I, they, they're more polite than I am. They want to slow the flow. I want to stop the flow, right? So we live in this beautiful, beautiful uh, area. We've got to be cognizant of what we're doing as the sun comes out and it becomes bet- more beautiful every day. We all start watering our lawns and doing that. Well, slowtheflow.org has done an incredible thing. They have built the Utah Lawn Watering Guide. The tool lets you know when and how often you should be watering to maintain a healthy yard. The Lawn Watering Guide is updated every week based on specific water needs in your area. So you can be sure you have a winning game plan all spring and summer long. Not only following the weekly guide will help save Utah's water, but help you avoid a lot of potential issues. If you overwater, you're attracting pests and costing yourself a lot of money and time. The truth is Utah's spring and summer is going to be a seven-game series. Let's hope this one isn't. And we need everyone to help you come out. On top. So show your Utah pride and don't begin watering too early. Go to slowtheflow.org to see Utah's lawn watering guide. Become a champion of your yard this year. Slow the flow. Save H2O. Today's show is also brought to you by my friend Rob Taylor. Not Rob Thomas. Rob Taylor. And every Thursday, Shamrock Auto Group uh, brings you the show. Shamrock is a auto dealership out in Pleasant Grove. Uh, and what Rob and his crew, really uh, 80 years of combined experience, by the buyer uh, has been a technician for over 25 years. They're just a lean, simple company. Few employees want to make sure that you have a very, very no gimmicks, simple experience. If you're considering buying a car or truck in the next few weeks, give Shamrock Auto Group a call. They deal predominantly with nearly new vehicles. They'll get you a super nice vehicle. If you know exactly what you want, you give Rob a call, and he'll go out and find you exactly what you need. I asked Rob the number one reason once why people should use Shamrock, and he said our salespeople are nice and helpful, and we have no pressure. You go through their reviews, and you look at Google and everywhere else. It's amazing what they all have to say. Uh, one, 
top to bottom, five-star reviews, great experience, didn't think I'd ever have this good experience again. That's what they have. About 50% of their customers are prior customers, and they come back for loyalty. They come from out of state. They come from everywhere. Shamrock Auto Group, 801-319-2250. Call Rob at 801-319-2250. When you call Rob, tell him I say hi. And then also tell him you're with Locked On Jazz, and he'll give you friends and family discount. That's 801-319-2250. Out-the-door pricing, five minutes. Test drive by yourself. Buying experience in under an hour. Full service financing. Value-driven Carfax on every car. Call Rob today at Shamrock Auto Group or visit shamrockauto.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I've tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's go to your questions on Facebook Live. Whoa. I just knocked Facebook Live, so it's looking up at my spiky hair. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning, Chase. Good morning, Gustavo. Everyone's saying hi. Um, uh, all right. I said before the game that the refs were going to give the Thunder the game. Having Gobert sit allowed Westbrook to get hot. I mean, it had a huge impact on the game. You just can't deny that. But to say the, you know, to say the refs gave it to him. I, I if you want to go there, I just you better be able to go then figure out um, if you want to go to the refs angle. It's a brutal call. Kane Fitzgerald sucked on that call. Like, it's it's criminally bad for a professional official to make that call unless you believe that Gobert might have got him on the elbow on the way up. Okay? So it's it's horrendous. But if you want to go, if you're taking the next step, which is that the officials consciously tried to swing the game, you better be able to figure out the economics of whether that's worth risking a billion-dollar industry. Right? Like, how much, why, uh, aren't, is, all right, so the Jazz TV ratings are not good. Scott Pierce wrote a piece. He tried to – the headline made it sound like it was good, but if you actually read the numbers, they're bad. Um, even this whole series is bad. Oklahoma City's ratings aren't very good either because they're part of the series. Um, and you get an extra game, maybe two extra games. Um, so on a night in which there's already two TV games, they get a third, a late night one. And, um, like, so what do they gain? Like, go figure out what you really think they gained if that's the case. And try to figure out whether you really think, if you were in charge of the NBA, would you put the entire credibility of 30 owners and billion-dollar franchises, these franchises are all worth over a billion dollars, at risk for whatever you think you're gaining right there. Okay? Like, I mean, it's an economics question. Like, there's – you've been – Tim Donahue has caused you one problem once, a second one – 
and the league's you know really in serious trouble. And if you ever found out that the league was skewing it, like it'd be mammoth. So, like, if you're going to go down that road, just be able to walk it all the way out and explain why someone would possibly do that. Um, as as we were out playing Rudy's foul trouble a bit for the reason we lost. Westbrook has been getting his mid-range shots all series. Last night he just got hot. Uh, same from behind the arc. Yeah, I, I actually think that's true. Westbrook got hot. We then collapsed offensively. The confluence of a bunch of events. And that's that's a great analysis uh, of what took place. I mean, Westbrook was so unnaturally bad. He was 10 of 33 in the last 15 seconds of the shot clock coming into the game. Uh, his pick and roll numbers, I think he was about 4 of 18 on the pick and roll. I mean, he was horrendous. Talking to people in Oklahoma City, it was probably the three or four worst game sequence he'd ever had in his career. And then instead of folding, the dude came out with one of the most incredible 20-minute stretches of basketball we'll ever see in our lives. Probably shouldn't surprise us. I mean, he's still 35 of 97 in the half court in the series. And he's still... 15 of 49 at 31% as a pick-and-roll ball handler on on the – he just not 20% anymore. It's a good point. Um, all right, you want to complain about the suspension. You know, uh, again, I don't think the league had a good answer on the suspension, not giving him a suspension. Uh However, the league is still scarred 10 years later from what it did in the Phoenix-San Antonio series. And so they're trying to probably avoid that. And I don't think you actually can find anyone who's not a Jazz fan who really thinks Westbrook should have been suspended for that. Probably should have been ejected at the moment, but probably not suspended. Uh, 5 of 23 from the three-point line. In the second half, including uh, some open lucks. Think Rudy gave up to pass out to the three would have been right. No, was the worst play of the game. Yeah, Rudy's got a dunk in there. I think we're down five at that point. I think I'm not sure that that changes the game. My memory on that one. Um, I remember looking up and thinking what a big deal and then realizing we were down five. So maybe it wasn't as big as it felt. It was weird, though. Rudy, I don't think obviously Rudy didn't realize he had a dunk. And then frankly, that's a shot that Donovan makes most of the time. Um, Donovan missed it was 98-93 with maybe with 4.30 left I'd have to go check if that's the play I think and Donovan misses a 23 foot 3 point shooter is what my notes say so I think that's probably it so it would have been 98-95 um, yeah I mean you can't give up those points um, Hero Ball finally won last night won't happen again yeah I mean Hero Ball doesn't lose every time I'm not going to say that the refs cost the Jazz the game, but they're sure influence the outcome <clears throat> with the phantom call. Yeah, that's fair. The Jazz also could have uh, influenced the outcome by uh, making some plays, right? No, but hey, Rudy going out of the game changes everything for us. You know, it's why he's defense player of the year. It's why I think he's a top ten player. It's like now. By the way, there's a video when that. He might have gotten the bottom of his elbow. It might not be as bad a call as we all want to make it seem. It's pretty hard to tell. Um, you know, a lot of the big question everybody has is, like, what's their mindset? I, I thought they seemed okay after the game. The plane seemed quiet but normal. Um, it, didn't, it didn't feel 
I mean, there was a lot of walking around from some of the coaches trying to figure out some things. and um, They've got some things they got to figure out now. Right? Like, for the last three games, the Jazz were just skewering them at such a rate that the Jazz weren't making a lot of changes. They were making subtle adjustments, but it's hard to change things are going well. And then the Jazz dealt with their initial thing beautifully in-game of how the Thunder changed the way they were guarding, and then the next step the Jazz had to had to fight. You know, now the Jazz have a real adjustment. Like, they're not going to play Carmelo. The Carmelo game is over, even though Carmelo threw a fit on the, on the floor that he wasn't getting in the game the other night. Like, Carmelo kills them, and they, they're not going to play Carmelo. That's a huge swing in the series. You know, the whole time we've been wondering when they're going to stop playing Carmelo. It's, it's happened. Like, I think he'll start because you don't want to totally piss him off, and I think he'll play 15 minutes. And that's a huge, huge change to this series is Carmelo not being on the floor. I'll go back to the very beginning preseason. Before they drafted Carmelo and had Andre Robert or traded for Carmelo and had Andre Robertson healthy, I had them as the second-best team in the Western Conference. The day they traded for Carmelo, I dropped them to sixth with my numbers, not my personal opinion, just my numbers. Okay, It's a dramatically better team without Carmelo. Um, See, a few quick questions. We're just about done. I just answered the mellow how much time he gets. Uh, got to attack Adams in the paint. Adams was great last night. Adams playing 41 minutes changed the game last night. He's got one foul in the last two games, and he protected the rim great last night. Um, you know, Crystal's saying it all looks staged. Figure out why. I mean, if you figure out the math on that, and figure out you really think it's worth it. By the way, the idea that a 48 and 40, 48 and 34 team would beat a 48 and 34 team four out of five times is pretty outlandish also. Right? Like that, at some point, what just happened last night is what we should have been anticipating, and now we just go win game six. And, and I said I never thought this series would be close. We go win this in six. It's not a particularly close series. You know, that, 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 that would be my last thought for you. We got game six at home to beat the Thunder. 48 and 34, 48 and 34, two pretty even teams. They're loaded. They're a great team. And they got these guys that can do stuff that very few players in the league can drop 34, very few players in the league can drop 45. And they got these two guys. We got to, and, and they got smart, and they're not playing the third because he's awful. We got to make the adjustments. We got to go get them. We have more tomorrow. I'll look through the questions tonight and see uh, try to answer some of them tomorrow. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button.